Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, friends. This is Mitch Glazer welcoming you to the Chosen People Radio Program. Joining with me today is my good friend and colleague, Bobby Walter, the director of Chosen People Ministries in New York City. Welcome, Bobby. Yes, shalom, Mitch, and shalom and welcome to all of our listeners. As always, we're grateful that you're joining us. Absolutely. We're headed towards our 90th episode. Uh, We're on program number 86, if you've been following all along, and time really flies when you're covering such interesting and intriguing and substantial issues regarding Jesus and the Jewish people. And today is no different. Actually, might be one of the most important uh, radio programs that we've we've produced mm. because we're going to be talking about something that is unfortunately an ever-present and current problem, and that's the issue of anti-Semitism. Just a short while ago, we had an explosive incident of anti-Semitism where one of our cultural icons, Kanye West, said a couple of pretty terrible things about the Jewish people. And of course, he was dropped by Adidas and other uh, companies that were uh, partnering with him. And even in his sports management program, every other person that was involved uh, there quit. And I was both shocked and yet encouraged. Uh, I was shocked that someone of his stature would say something like that. Secondly, I was encouraged because of the response. And so if there was no response, I probably would have been more horrified by his comments and by the silence. But uh, there has not been a level of silence about this. People have, in a sense, thrown their support uh, towards the Jewish people, and I was heartened by that. Now, if anybody should be opposed to anti-Semitism, if any group of people should be opposed to anti-Semitism, because we understand the spiritual dynamics of anti-Semitism as well, it would be those who love the Lord Jesus, right. who is Jewish. Right. And so I think we need to get to the bottom spiritually of this problem of anti-Semitism. Mitch, uh, real yeah. quick, it, it might be helpful. Maybe you can give us like a nice definition of anti-Semitism. Ah, well, anti-Semitism, of course, there are very, very technical definitions of it, and some are debated right now. But basically, it's called the oldest hatred, and anti-Semitism is the hatred of the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Now, there is a real debate, actually, among some institutions that anti-Semitism is really directed towards a people group, not a nation, So it is not political, it's racial or cultural historical. And so the question is, should we include a dislike of Israel or uh, disparaging uh, discussions about Israel? And my answer to that is yes, sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes anti-Israelism is the outgrowth of anti-Semitism. And so I think it is primarily racial, cultural, but it can include something that is quote-unquote political because, as people have seen, hatred against Israel or disagreement with Israel has, so to speak, spilled over 
into a certain uh, hatred against Jewish people in general. Right. And that's that's a terrible state of affairs, Bobby. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it almost becomes like an excuse or, or a reason or just another medium that someone can find to attack the Jewish people. It's to speak out against Israel or to harbor these anti-Zionist feelings that are, you know, you look behind the cover of that and what you find is that it's anti-Semitism lurking beneath. Bobby, I, I'm not one who's big on spiritual conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. but I actually think that this is a definite spiritual conspiracy. <laughs> I mean, it. I, the way I read scripture, I see this working out uh, from the beginning to the end. And I believe that it, it really goes back to Genesis 12, 3. I'll bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I see that God was sparing the Jewish people, preserving the Jewish people from Satan's attacks. But I do believe that Satan has been on the attack, trying to destroy the Jewish people ever since the day God called Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees and told him he'd be the father of a great nation. Do you see it that way too? Oh, absolutely, Mitch. Uh, I think that uh, I think we could say that with biblical confidence that that is what's going on, and that's really the spiritual dark side of anti-Semitism. That it comes from the mind of Satan himself, the enemy, who we know his character, uh, and he seeks to destroy, he seeks to kill, he seeks to confuse, and he knows that God's ongoing faithfulness to the Jewish people means something for him. It ultimately leads to his downfall and his own destruction and him being cast into the lake of fire. So we can say from the text that as a result, he's seeking to destroy the Jewish people, to put an end to the Jewish people through which the Messiah would come, who would crush the head of the serpent and lead God's people to victory. And, you know, one one passage that I think is really interesting and important when we think about this, uh, because Mitch, like you said, the the extreme manifestation of anti-Semitism is ultimately the destruction of the Jewish people. Which would include the nation of Israel too, right? It would include the nation of as, Israel as, as well. As the most obvious expression of the Jewish people. Right, right. And certainly, I mean, we speak about this with, uh, with great respect and dignity and uh, and recognizing the weight of what took place there. But probably the worst example of anti-Semitism in our modern day or in modern history is the Holocaust. If you don't see Satan's hand in the Holocaust, you're just missing Satan. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, the Nazi systematic attempt to wipe out the Jewish people from the face of the earth, that is anti-Semitism. But one passage that I like to turn to to see how, uh, how God deals with anti-Semitism and, and God's response to this is actually found in Jeremiah 31. We have this commitment from God to the ongoing existence of the Jewish people. And this is what it says, beginning in verse 35. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for light by day and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs from before me, declares the Lord, then the offspring of Israel also will cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus says the Lord, if the heavens above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out below, then I will cast off all the offspring of Israel for all that they have done, declares the Lord. 
So God is basically saying, as long as creation exists, then Israel is going to remain. Then God himself will preserve the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. Absolutely. Sometimes anti-Semitism impacts uh, the life and thinking of of Christians. And again, if there was anybody who should be opposed to anti-Semitism, it would be a believer on Jesus because we know the word of God. And so sometimes we divorce Jesus from his Jewishness and we forget that he said that salvation is of the Jews. Right. And so God chose Israel to be a bridge of redemption to a, a, a broken and dark sinful world, made promises, fulfilled those promises, and the promises aren't over yet. Exactly. Because the day is coming when Jesus will return. So Satan has tried to kill Jesus by killing you know, through Herod, killing the, the babies under two years old. Mm-hmm. Then uh, there were various attempts by Satan to uh, deter Jesus from his obvious task, which was going to the cross. And then, of course, Satan probably thought he had a victory on the cross. But Jesus conquered death, conquered the devil at that point. In a sense, we've been in a wiping up mission uh, for the last couple thousand years. But the day is coming when the Jewish people will have an ongoing role mm. in the second coming of Christ, when they, they cry out to the one that they've pierced, when right. they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, uh, Matthew chapter 23, verses 37 through 39. And so Satan tried to prevent the first coming. Now Satan's going to try and prevent the second coming by trying to destroy the Jews. And who knows, maybe the Holocaust was part of that. And who knows what's ahead. But Christians really need to raise their voices against anti-Semitism. And I'm talking to you, our dear listeners and friends and brothers and sisters uh, in the Messiah. If you see some type of anti-Jewish activity, whether it be in a local newspaper or school board or whether it be some type of local expression or a national expression, say something. Mm-hmm. Say something at your church. At the least, call upon brothers and sisters to pray against anti-Semitism. And I hope that we can be agreed as a spiritual community on this. All anti-Semitism is from the pit of hell. Right. Right. And so we need to pray against that, and then we need to say something about it. We need to do something. And I hope and pray, of course, that you, our dear brothers and sisters, will be able to identify anti-Semitism and say something about it. And uh, I just hope that you'll do that. And when Christians rise up and say, hey, wait a minute, that's anti-Semitism. We don't agree with it. We think it needs to be stopped. When you do that, Uh, even though you do it for the right reason because you love the Jewish Messiah and you love the Jewish people. But when you do it, I have to tell you that the testimony that you're creating by standing against anti-Semitism is extraordinarily powerful. Yeah, I I agree, Mitch, 100%. And just just to reinforce and even take what you're saying a step further, I want to challenge all of our listeners Uh, especially as Gentile Christians, non-Jewish believers in Jesus, to search your own heart and invite the Lord to search your heart uh, to see and reveal if there's any kind of anti-Semitism that's lurking inside of you. Could just be cultural, just the way you were raised and where you were raised. Exactly. Exactly. And there's biblical precedent for this. The Bible speaks to this. And again, Mitch, to just reinforce what you were saying about God's ongoing promises to the Jewish people, to the nation of Israel. In Romans 11, verse 1, Paul says this, I say then, 
God has not rejected his people, has he? May it never be. They did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. But by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. Now, if their transgression is riches for the world and their failure is riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment be? But I am speaking to you who are Gentiles. Inasmuch then as I am an apostle of Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If somehow I might move to jealousy my fellow countrymen and save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? And then he goes on and he makes this statement in verse 18 that is really important for us as Gentile Christians. Do not be arrogant toward the branches. But if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root, but the root supports you. So it is a a call, a command here from Paul for believers, for Christians, not to be arrogant toward the Jewish people. Well, you're not Jewish, Bobby, so it means more coming from you to say that, even though a Jewish believer, Paul, wrote it. But thank you for those comments. And just one final comment I'd like to make, because we're running out of time, and that is... Love always works, dear friend. And Bobby, I think Christians need to grab hold of it. God wants us to love the Jewish people because he loves the Jewish people. And if we love the Jewish people, then first and foremost, we'll pray that Jewish people become open to receive the good news of the Messiah. We'll we'll pray for God's protection for the Jewish people around the globe. We'll pray for those who hate the Jewish people, that God would transform them. I mean, that's really important also. And then finally, we'll pray that we become an instrument of the Messiah's message to the Jewish people and others in our world. When you love a Jewish person, you're showing them what God really feels about them. And of course, we should stand against all racism and we should love all people. But in a sense, sometimes the Jewish people need a special invitation because of the bad history between Christians and Jews. So you personally can make a difference by loving the Jewish person. And I hope and pray that God will give you the opportunity to show that love. The story of Hanukkah begins with a Greek invasion, but the Festival of Lights commemorates more than just a victory over a tyrant king. Hanukkah celebrates the birth of the light of the world. Much like Christmas, Hanukkah is a holiday that calls for a celebration. It's a time to be with family, and a time for remembering God's deliverance and provision, and to help you discover the gospel and Jesus the Messiah. In Hanukkah, we'd like to send you a free booklet called Hanukkah, A Bright Light in Dark Times. Discover more about the Jewish roots of your Christian faith when you go online to chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. The book is our free gift to you this month just for reaching out and saying hello. Or ask for the booklet, Hanukkah, A Bright Light in Dark Times, when you call 888-2-YESHUA. That number again is 888-293-7482. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And right now we're going to hear a story from Rose Harrison, who faced many hardships throughout her life, including anti-Semitism during World War II. And despite overcoming the odds, Rose felt empty, like there was something missing. Rose is an accomplished school teacher and educational professional. 
and has lived a long and wonderful and fruitful life. I know that you'll appreciate her testimony. People say, you don't need all that. I need it. I need to hear the scriptures and have them meaningful. They sound so simple, there's nothing simple about them. They're very profound. I had grown up with a great deal of anti-Semitism in my town. Remember, I was a teenager during World War II. So we spent first those two years in an orphanage. And it was a very, very scarring experience. My brother never got over it. I was stronger, so I got over that. But what it did was make me very self-reliant. I never thought I'd go to college. We didn't have any money, but I had to work my way through. And when I got through college as, with my BA, I had a, a major in psychology and a minor in sociology, and they said, what can you do? I said, I can type. They said, we have a job for you. <laughs> so, that's what I did type. But I did end up with really fun jobs. Worked as a guide in NBC and met all the movie stars. I never see anything on the old movies that I haven't met these people in person. So I had a fun job, but it was there's this emptiness, absolute emptiness. I said, I'm just making up this thing from day to day instead of living it. And I've always volunteered. I volunteered. I've always been a volunteer, so I felt I was contributing, but it was still empty. And then they were calling for uh, teachers because of the baby boom had come in at that time, and they needed people who had BA degrees, but no education credits. I had friends who had gotten their doctorates, and I'm very competitive, so I said, I, I think I can do that. But I wanted to go to the best college, university I could find, and that was at Teachers College Columbia. I had a student uh, in my, one of my classes, wrote a paper uh, about virtues and values and so on. And of all the papers I'd ever gotten on that subject, I've taught it many times. This was a remarkable paper. There was something spiritual about it. So I asked to meet with him after class, and we started talking about it. I asked where he got those ideas and what a good writer he was. And he said that he had been in despair also. I told him how that, you know, I was in despair, but that he had found um, Christianity. A relationship with God had made the difference. Now, that's all he said. He didn't preach or anything. He just said it. So I was very interested. I said, do you have anything that would help me? He came to my house and gave me a lot of sermons. He put them on my computer. It was a loving, unselfish, comforting. And I said, I wanted to be part of whatever he was part of. So that's when I asked to come to the church. But it was through that paper and our friendship, and we still have that very solid friendship, had to find out what he knew. So I thought, at my age, who wants to be with an old lady? And I find this 34-year-old 
brought me to a whole world. And not only did he accept me, but introduced me to other people who felt the same way. And the nicest people I ever met were those people who believed that way. And they happened to be uh, Jews and Christians who just treated one another so special. And I couldn't get over that in this material world that there were people like that. The world breaks everyone. If Christ gave us his glory, how can we ever uh, not feel healed from it? You know, if you're with him, if you trust him, you've got to feel that he's healing you, even though we don't deserve it. You know, it's very personal. He's my friend, and I, and I feel his love, and I feel that he's that he is my strength, and he helps me in my broken places. And I feel that he's always gonna be there for me, and uh, I don't get depressed anymore. I feel that this is God's gift of love to me. It's his grace, his grace. In addition to partnering with local churches in the New York area, Chosen People Ministries is ready and available to speak at your church or missions conference. And we offer a variety of presentations on topics such as Jewish evangelism, the Jewish roots of Christianity, Messiah in the Old Testament, and so much more. So if you, your church, or your Bible study group is looking for another way to go deeper in your study of the culture, heritage, and history of Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah, then please request more information today at chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. And if you're not looking for a specific study topic, but you just want to let us know you're listening to this program, we'd love to hear from you. Just connect with us today at chosenpeople.com slash radio. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you'd like to learn more about this weekly program, let me encourage you to stop by our website and explore. You'll find us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter and a free gift. Great, Bobby. Jesus is found walking in the temple area during the eight-day holiday of the Feast of Dedication. And there's so much we can learn about the Messiah from this special holiday. And I just know our listeners, I know they will want to pick up a copy of the free booklet called A Bright Light in Dark Times. And dear friend, we will send that to you for free just for reaching out and saying hello. You'll find the booklet, A Bright Light in Dark Times, on our homepage when you go to chosenpeople.com radio. Or you can ask for it when you write to us at Chosen People Ministries, 241 East 51st Street in New York, New York, 10022. You can also call us at 888-293-7482. That's 888-2-YESHUA. And now let's wrap up today's program with the Aaronic Benediction. Yivarechecha Adonai V'yishmarecha
Yair panavelecha vichuneka. Isa Adonai panavelecha v'yasem lecha shalom. V'yasem lecha shalom. V'yasem lecha shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.